Welcome to CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. I have Ram Iyer. He is the president of Business Thinking Institute with me today. Ram, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Michael. All right, Ram, you have got some very extensive background. You know, a former Fortune 100 executive, five-time entrepreneur, Silicon Valley venture capitalist. I, I want to stop there. Talk to us about your MIT background and give us a flavor for who you are, what you do, and then I have a whole litany of questions for you. <laughs> Absolutely. See, I'm, I'm just uh, a, uh, an average kid from a middle-class family. My parents, my father was a high school principal for 30 years, and my mother was a high school teacher for 20. Uh, so the biggest thing that they emphasized was education, education, education. They said, get a good education and everything else will fall in place. And I pursued that. I came to the United States to get a master's in a very unique field, underwater robotics. And then subsequently went back to graduate school a second time uh, at MIT. Uh, I have a, uh, an interesting degree which uh, combines technology, which is one end of the MIT campus with, uh, with business, which is the Sloan School end of campus. All right, now you started this company, uh, Business Thinking, and I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about this. Um, in regards to that, uh, let's talk about business thinking for business success. Let's, let's go into that and why we have people who do succeed and why we have people who, well, let's just put it this way, succeed better than others. Address that for me. See, see very simply, um I, you, you know I'm on my fifth startup, and when I the third one that I did, we went and served clients in 16 different countries, and I felt invincible. Things were going wonderful. I was I had a big house and drove a fancy car and all that. And then the fourth startup I did imploded. It it absolutely just blew up. So when that happened, I had to figure out why it happened, why it blew up so that I could fix it. So I picked up the phone. I used to be the president of the MIT Alumni Association. So I know a fair number of faculty members, people at McKinsey, Bain, people at Harvard, picked up the phone, called a whole bunch of friends, and I said, why did this happen to me? It could happen to other people. It could happen to John, Mary, and Joe, but not to Ralph. Right. And what they all said was, you failed because of lack of capital, lack of technology, lack of the right team, lack of the right plan. And it all made sense, but then it didn't make sense to me. It made sense, but it didn't make sense. I said, there is something else. I can't quite put my finger on it. And I spent eight weeks thinking about it. Every year I do what I call a hard thinking project, where I take something that I haven't been able to figure out and just ruthlessly think about that Usually in a few days, I come up with the answer. In this case, 
It took me eight weeks. I had no answer. In week nine, I suddenly noticed that there was a pattern in what they were talking about. They said I failed for two things. One, they said I failed because I lacked something, capital, technology, talent, plans. Two, everything they pointed to, capital, technology, talent, and plans, were all external to me. I said, wait a minute, let me do some inversion thinking. What if I had failed not because I lack something, but rather because I have something? What if what I have that caused me to fail is not external to me, but rather internal to me? So what do I have within me that caused me to fail? In other words, did I fail because I was wrong? And suddenly the light bulb started going off and I came up with four reasons in one evening. Then I picked up the phone, called the same people and I said, hey, I thought about it a little differently. I used some inversion thinking. This is what I figured out. And they said, Ram, in that case, buddy, let me tell you how else you screwed up. (laughs) And the list suddenly grew from four to 12. And one of the things that came out in there is when you are ignorant about something, you tend not to constantly focus on it or acknowledge it even to yourself. And you will definitely not acknowledge it to other people. And one of the things I identified was a lack of business thinking. You know how you say that Jews are good business people or people from Texas are good at business or uh, hotels from India, you know, who own 60% of the hotels and motels in the U.S. are good business people. They didn't become business people overnight, but they certainly think in a certain way. So I said, what the heck is that? And so I picked up the phone. I interviewed actually a very famous author, uh, a, a rabbi who wrote about business secrets from the Bible, uh, interviewed people for, you know, uh, for other people from the Jewish community, I interviewed some prominent business people, over 100 of them. And then I found that they thought about things in a particular way. And they had what I call business thinking, a certain way of thinking about it. And most of us, we say, oh, I'm getting into business. I have a great idea. A great idea is only one part of what it takes to succeed in business. Business is essentially an exchange of value. I have to provide something, Michael, to you of value. But the value that I provide can only by be evaluated or acknowledged by one person. And that's you because you're the customer. And then you say, Ram, I'm going to pay you $100 or $100,000. Only I can decide if that's adequate compensation for the value that I provided. And there are many steps in between. And many people fail to think about business thinking as an exchange of value. Very often, they fall, like techies, for example, fall in love with their own technology. They forget that they're doing it for a customer who has a problem or who has a need. Okay. Uh, Or they do it and say, I'm just going to do a good job and I hope that somebody will notice it and give me a raise or give me stock options. Things don't happen like that. And people who think that way are quite simply naive. So business thinking, I went and identified 16 pieces, if you will, and I put them together on a single sheet of paper. I call it the business thinking canvas. 
And if you go and answer those 16 questions, it will methodically walk you through all the things you need to think of and consider and people you need to talk to in order to develop and most importantly, practice business thinking every single time you have a transaction. That is brilliant and sage wisdom that, to impart on us. I really appreciate that. So business thinking as a company, tell us what you do for the world. See, this was uh, a, a big aha that I had. Uh, and one very key thing there in business thinking that I failed to tell you is business, I mean, success is an and function. So it's like, so let's say you say, I want to go and get a date with somebody, Wendy. It's not just that you go and ask Wendy, you know, I want a date with you. You have to be dressed appropriately. You have to carry yourself appropriately. You have to go and do some research about Wendy. You need to figure out how to make yourself attractive to her, you know, both in terms of looks and as a person. And only if you do all of those things, do you have a decent shot at getting a date with Wendy? So it's an and function, meaning you need to do this and that and that and, and that. Business success is very similar. You need to do a number of things in unison, perhaps in sequence, perhaps in a certain sequence in order to be successful. So, so that's one thing I figured out. Second big thing I figured out is many people fail to succeed because they fail before they have a chance to succeed. Many people say, I'm going to run a 100-meter race, and they start running the race. But then many people mistakenly presume that just because they started the race, they are going to automatically finish it. Not only that, they're going to win it. And I found, remember those internal traits that hold you back? Yes. I call them the silent killers of success. Those can derail you, push you off the rails before you get a chance to succeed. So you may have new Nike shoes and you may have uh, new shorts and you may put gel on the hair to make yourself more aerodynamic. But if you have a ball and chain around your foot, none of those things matter. So, so those were two big buckets of things we found. And the third thing we found from that introspection is your mindset is the most important uh, uh, Absolutely. element. An attribute success. to success. I get it. That, absolutely. absolutely. Attribute. You know what? You're right. Attribute is a better word. Mindset is the most important attribute. But most people don't understand what, what mindset is. And at one point, I did not either. So in true typical fashion, this is how I do it. I said, I need to go find out who knows most. And I found Ellen Langer at Harvard, who is the world's expert on mindset. So I sent her a note and said, I went to school at the other end of Massachusetts Avenue. Could I please have some time on the phone with you? She said, sure. She gave me a bunch of time. I talked to her, figured out what that is. And I've interviewed uh, probably over 20 people, most of them world-renowned people. She said that Carol Dweck's people at Stanford are big at this. So I called and talked to people in that lab. Then she said, culture is the biggest uh, influencer of your mindset. Meaning, if you were born in Texas, as opposed to being raised in Arkansas versus being raised in, pick some other place, uh, Mississippi or Chicago or New York, 
you will each have a slightly different mindset. So, so I figured out the mindset part. So now take these three things. In order to be successful, you need to one, make sure that you don't have one of the silent killers of success derail you. Two, you need to have the right mindset for success in business. Three, you need to develop and practice business thinking on a consistent basis. And these are all foundation elements, foundational elements you need as basic requirements in order to even have a shot at succeeding in business. So what I do with these is I give talks about this. I give keynotes. In fact, I was in Dallas a few months ago. I spoke at the Hilton Anatole. Uh, I spoke, I was the keynote speaker at the largest Hispanic uh, business owner and entrepreneurship conference in LA at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium, telling them about these three things. And of course, they come and say, to help me understand how do I figure out my silent killers? Help me understand what my mindset is. Help me understand how I can develop business thinking. And so I conduct workshops and teach people. I also coach people one-on-one -on -one to help them work on these three broad areas, which are not taught at any of the business schools. And I went to one of the top five business schools in the world. You know, didn't teach Ram, um, our time is up for today. And I wanted to be able to to bring you on, at least to introduce you to the audience, but I would also like to extend an, uh, an, an offer to you to be able to come back and let's do a series of these conversations. I've enjoyed what you've spoken about today. I have learned from the wisdom that you bring to the world and I, I would hope that you would accept my offer so that we can do a series of these educational conversations with, with each other as we go forward. Absolutely, I'd be happy to do that, Michael. Many thanks for having me. My pleasure. Stick around after the interview. I want to introduce you to a couple of guys I know. Okay? All right. You've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.